Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Our youth group, G1, is now meeting Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship service has moved to 10.30 a.m., both in person and online. We are asking that you would please RSVP for your children only by visiting our website, newhope365.church, and clicking the red button. And now, here is today's message. So, okay, uh, today, <laughs> yeah, I, I said this, I've said this in the past and I want to bring it back to the table today, is that there's something about, there's something about um, coming and taking the first day of the week and giving and devoting a little bit of time to go, God, I acknowledge that I can't make it on my own and I need you. And when we come and we gather, there's a statement that you are making to yourself, to your family, to your friends, uh, to the world, that God matters to you. And you acknowledge that. That your relationship with him is a big deal. So for those of you that are going, and even online, there's nothing wrong with meeting online. But I want you to know that it is, it is, it is says something about you taking time to tune in and go, God, I acknowledge you as my Lord, as my Savior, my King, my friend. Don't forget that. I also want to say a couple things before I get into the topic today is I could really, we could split the body of Christ and New Hope real quick by talking about vaccines, about masks, about all of this stuff. So I'm just putting the leadership cap on for a moment. And we, CDC says different things and government says different things and you say different things. And so, and so we all can be confused at some level as to what's going on. And, and so I'm just letting you know that as where we're at today, um, if you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, if, if you're going, well, I don't really want to talk about the vaccine, then don't talk about the vaccine. And you can even claim HIPAA. I'm just letting you know, you can claim HIPAA. You can be like, you know, don't ask me that. You want to look up my medical records, go find them. You won't be able to get them, right? Because it's HIPAA protected. So, so what my point is saying this is to you is this, is some of you would go, we're brave. Some of you might go, well, it has nothing to do with that. It has about the care of you. What the enemy of your soul would like to do is divide the church and the body of Christ over things like a pandemic. I'm just being honest. Uh, that doesn't mean we throw wisdom out and all of that type of stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm saying this is better or that. No, no. I'm just saying don't let those little nickel and dime things keep us from becoming what God has intended us to become and to punch and to divide. And if he can keep the church fighting like this, <laughs> then he knows that he can render the church irrelevant and powerless, ineffective, and we might as well then close our doors because we're just an infighting group. So I just plant that seed today. Walk in, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and allow him to continue to work through you and don't get all worked up about vaccine and masks and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, how many of you today would, would say that throughout your life from childhood to, to, you know, as you got a little bit older to this day and, and all of that, that you have sensed, maybe not everybody, but you have sensed that God has been ordering your steps. Ordering your steps. 
Okay, so and I'm, I'm, I mean, we could probably sit up here and stand up here and talk about the ordering of the steps and how he's carried you all the way. Now, how many of you on the journey of him ordering your steps have faced some tough days? Okay, yeah. So we've had those tough days, and but the and we all, if we're understanding that he's orchestrated that, some of you might be going, I had no clue. I just thought life was happening to me. And maybe it was happening to you, but I want you to know the fact that you're here, you're breathing, you're listening, and that you're, that you're okay, so to speak, is that God has taken care of you whether you acknowledge that or not. Whether you recognize that or not, he's taken care of you. And what's happened is throughout my life, I have watched the story unravel and, and open up before me as I've done some contemplative thinking back to where I was. Times that I've had accidents, times that I've had uh, scary moments, times that I've thought that God wasn't present. Times I've, I've literally, as I've contemplated that and gone back, I realized that God was weaving a story and bringing people into my life, circumstances into my life, So that I may know him more and understand his faithfulness. One of the things that God has orchestrated, and I'm confident of it, and and, and this is going somewhere, by the way, I'm confident of it, is that God brought my family, us, to Texas and opened the doors to have conversations with leaders and to get to know you And that's no mistake and it's no mere chance. And I am confident that even the future of new hope and where God is leading us is he's weaving it, though I may not fully see and understand how it's going to unfold. I do have this, 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 this core piece in my, in my bones that says, I've taken you this far and I won't leave you stranded in the future. And so, that leads me today to this newness. In fact, if you have your Bibles, uh, also you can go to the Version Bible app. You can go to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to continue to look at verse 17 and following. Verse 17 and following, and we're in this series entitled Knowing You. It's on the topic of our identity. And today we're talking about, in this topic of identity, about the new you. The new you. And and uh, if you ever wonder uh, whether we need to be new or not, just read the news. I mean, Angel and I, just yesterday, we, we show up at Sam's Club and we're like, what are all these officers doing around? Well, somebody had some massive road rage and they had to lock down Sam's Club because they were wielding guns. This is just, just down the street from us. There's been, there's been murders within a mile or two of here. Right? I mean, maybe from where you live. And so, so if you ever wonder if we need newness, well, how is it that somebody could cut me off and I could get so outraged that I would begin to, that I would pull out a gun and be like, I'm going to kill you because you pulled in front of me. That sounds ridiculous. It's because something is broken, something is wrong, and God has been, and here's the thing, God has given the solution to your issues, your stuff, 
day in and day out, he's given a solution, and he brings it out through Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. And he says, through the Apostle Paul, he begins to speak some stuff to us about how we actually need to be new and renewed, and how if we're not, then we're going to have, we're going to see history repeat itself over and over and over again. And so, in the image of God, you are created. Can anybody tell me real quick, what does that mean? You're image bearers of God, and how do we image God? Head, made it easy. Head, heart, hands. Head, heart, hands. You just move on down. Just move on down, okay? Head, heart, hands. And so, Paul knew in the book of Ephesians, which is about your identity and understanding who you are in Christ, he, he knew that you would need to hear these words, and they are spirit of God inspired. And so here we come, and Paul is talking about why there are those of us that are not new. Why there are those of us that will struggle, and that will be kind of just lost, so to speak, because we don't engage what he's saying. And Paul comes to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, and says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. In the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. I'm going to stop there. And, and this message may go into next week too again. We may be part three, maybe part four. It's because God has been speaking to me. And, and as I've been learning and studying, what has happened is that the Lord has brought me to conversations, brought me to books, brought me to um, uh, really some illumination through Scripture that I have not been listening really good. And that I am a distracted individual. And that, and that, that all of this that, that is going on in culture and that's in my back pocket in a phone and on my iPad and on my television screen and all of this type of stuff is, is distracting me from the better life that God has for us. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, so, so you have a better life, and what, what's the issue? And I begin to read Ephesians 4, verse 17, it says, You must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. I'm like, oh, so what does that mean? That means that they are not listening to God. They are missing the best of the message of God speaking and you hearing. So let me ask you, how many of you today have a mind? 100% of you, 100% debatable. How many of you sitting in the room would say you find it very hard to turn it off? To turn it off. How many of you would say that your mind, by and large, is incessantly speaking to you? 
as long as it is incessantly speaking to you, you will never, ever become the individual that God has intended you to become. Because what has happened is that there is a discipline that God has given us that says, I'm going to make something new, but understand that in this newness, your mind has got to stop so that you can actually hear me. And I have lived a long time in not realizing that I constantly am, I mean, I mean, here was a challenge, and I, Angel and I were talking about this the other day. Here's a challenge. Get into the shower. Get into a shower and say to yourself, I'm going to take a shower without one thought going through my mind. Take a shower. Try to take a shower without one thought going through your mind. Here's the deal. I've heard it said that most of you have never washed your body. What? Because we do it unconsciously. We do it. We go through life. We drive. We go through life. We do all this stuff. And we don't take to go, right now I'm washing my leg. Right now I'm cleaning my hair and you're feeling that. Because every thought trails and builds monkey mind thinking. And in all of it, God is speaking and we're never hearing. And the Lord has been leading me down this path to a listening that he says, you're no longer going to live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. But you go, you don't understand. I love Jesus. I love God. I gave my life to him. I worship. Today it was, you know, there's no one greater than you, God, and all of that. Did you know that you can do that and never hear God? Did you know that you can, you can come to church, listen to a message, listen to a sermon, all of that type of stuff, and yet you can miss God's will for your life? Did you know that you can leave here today and not even realize <laughs> that something is broken beneath the surface and you're thinking everything's okay and, and God is saying, I, I want to make you new. So, they're darkened by their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. 19, verse 19, having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. So what happens if you've ever been impulsive, if you ever are going, mm, it seems like every day, you know, I, I, I need a package delivered to my house because I like packages. It makes me feel happy. It's your impulse. You're like, man, I, I, I sat down and I, I knew, I knew that I, I had eaten enough, but gosh, I wanted more. It's an impulse. And you begin to eat more. And before you know it, you're like, I don't understand why I'm five pounds overweight or six pounds or 10 pounds or 20 pounds. I don't get it. And I'm not judging anybody that does that. But you understand, we all do it. And we've got these impulses in life. And, and so it's like we, we don't even think we're on the internet. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to watch one video. And then before you know it, you're watching two. And before you know it, an hour's gone by. Anybody ever do that? Impulse. And I, I am believing that God is going to transform the body of Christ that is you here today. To not be functioning impulsively. 
but to begin to discipline your minds in the newness of Christ so that literally when all of a sudden somebody goes, do you want it? You're going, I could. I mean, it's not sinful. But no. What? Reject myself? Reject what? That's okay. I can have that. And our Heavenly Father is going, you don't have to live like the Gentiles that Paul's speaking of. You don't have to be that way. You can actually live a life that's disciplined and one that my spirit is indwelling and speaking to. And you can hear what I have to say. So, having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Okay. That, however, verse 20, is not the way of life you learned. Let me ask you, what way of life have you learned? What is the way of life of a follower of Christ? And I'm not talking about, well, we should be kind and nice. Those, those are basics. You should be kind. You should be nice. You should love. You should be patient. You should help others. But what is the, what is the way of life you've learned? Because here's the thing. We model what we know and what we see. And what you see and what you know of Jesus is the life you're to live. But it's not meant to be just knowledge-based. It's, it's meant to be so permeated in who you are that it's like second nature. It's like second nature. So it's not the way of life you learned. You, you, when you heard about Christ, verse 21, and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is what? Being what? corrupted by its deceitful desires its impulses it's whatever and so what we're off and this is me having conversations with many of you and people out in the community is that is that you are taught in regard to your former what to put off your old self that are being corrupted by its deceitful desires but how many of you if we're honest and i'm not gonna you don't have to show me hands i guess no how many of you have deceitful desires and go I, I feel like I've been a, a Christian for 30 years, for 40 years, for 10 years, for whatever. And I still think, it, it's like I'm still broken. It's like I'm still repeating the same thing over and over. Well, and, and you guys know what, what, I mean, insanity is what? Doing the same thing, but expecting different results. And it's not been working, is it? No, it hasn't. And I really believe, and this is something that the Lord has placed in my soul firmly, that the Lord is going to bring the church back to what is called Mount Carmel. What? You're going to make me drink Kool-Aid? No. That literally... There is one true God, all-knowing, all-powerful, limitless. And there is a ton of fake. And in our culture, there's a lot spinning. And in so many cases, what has happened is we don't even know. In fact, Scripture speaks to the fact that even the very elect can be deceived because they don't know what is right. 
And what Mount Carmel was, was the story of, of Elijah going and praying to Almighty God to send fire from heaven. And what could the false do? Dance and cut themselves. Work real hard at trying to get jiggity on the mountain and hope that something happens. And Elijah goes, I don't have to do anything other than listen and hear and watch you move. And the Lord is wanting to raise up his church to be a listening, hearing movement of people that with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength will in essence step up to Mount Carmel and go, you know what? This has nothing to do with me. In fact, for Elijah, it was a threatening story, wasn't it? Because the reality of it, he ran for his life afterwards, but he wasn't concerned about that in that moment. What he was saying is, God, I heard, I've heard, I believe, I know you can do this. And fire comes and, and, and consumes this altar. And what the Lord is wanting to do in his church is raise up a church that literally will reveal who they are in Christ Jesus. And so, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So, so here's the key. Here's the key statement. And to put on the what? The new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So what I did last week... As I began to break down how we begin to, how we begin to, as a church, um, move towards newness in Christ Jesus. And I said first that we have to understand that the way transformation begins to take place is through one, justification. Justification is this. It's saying that, that literally there's nothing I could do. All your goodness, all your righteousness, all, all of that is like filthy rags scripture talks about. That you literally, you can go out and do a thousand good things today. Help the poor, feed the homeless, build shelters for everybody. And, and did you know that your heavenly father could, it could come to time where you meet him face to face and he says, Hey, that was great. Depart from me, you work of iniquity. You never knew me. And so, so what man has tried to do is go, well, I'm better than them. I'm okay. I'm, I can do enough good things. Therefore, I'm justified. I can, I can, I can try to be just religiously devout. That will work, right? And, and I'll just do all of these tasks and discipline my life, and now I'm good. Which our Heavenly Father, in the topic of justification, in the newness of who you're becoming, says, eh. And nothing you do will make you right with me. But you don't understand, God. I prayed for people at the altar, and I spoke, I spoke in tongues. I mean, I even prayed over somebody, and, and they got healed. How is that possible? What? God goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't the point, was it? The point was always... You knowing God through Jesus Christ. The point was always relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The point was always you meeting him and being transformed by him. The point is that literally your life will look different, be different. It will smell different, sound different, everything. 
And what if you're like me? Some of us in this room are in ruts. You're in ruts, and you're just kind of going through the motions, and here's the sad thing. Some of you don't even know it. And the Lord is calling us to awaken. And he's, and he's wanting us to understand that he is declaring us righteous before that God is declaring us righteous before him because of Jesus Christ and no work that you've done, but only the fact that in faith you've received. And for, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for us, and this is 2 Corinthians 5.21, so that you could be made right with God through Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And the Lord is wanting to under, have you grow to understand that. And that leads into today the topic of regeneration. So, so this is how I'm going to end because I'm, I know we don't have a ton of time left in that. And, and bear with me. This is, this, is big for the, this is big for the church. Regeneration is something that the Lord is wanting to do in your life and, and work it through in your life but it's something that you've got to practice in order to watch it begin to take place and begin to occur. So my question to you is, and I asked this last week, is what, what regenerates you and helps you hear from God? What regenerates you? Now, it's rhetorical. You're, you're like, oh, I'm going to answer that for a moment. Yeah, I know you have answers. But the Lord, the Lord is speaking, and it's this, it's this internal application of our external justification, and it is the Holy Spirit's application of Jesus' work in us. And so, what he's wanting to do is give you a new heart if you've never experienced a new heart. And then there's some in this room that need a heart transplant. New heart. Because the heart has been stagnant and it hasn't been exercised. And what has happened? You're distracted. You're pulled away and you're distracted. And in the scripture, the heart is the symbolic seat and center of your identity. And it occurs more than 900 times in scripture, in essence, saying this. The very center of who you are is what I want to know and what I want you to understand so that you can hear me. You can hear me. And so... I've asked this a few weeks, and I'm curious. Now, this is not rhetorical. What is God speaking to you? I ask this all the time of people. Hey, what, if God is my father, and God is your father, and he functions, and what is he saying? Because, and, and, and is he saying something so weird that it's like, what in the, what is he saying? I'm curious. What's he saying? Because he, it's not like it's some different father you're living and serving, Right? And then we're going to get into to, to regenerate. I promise we'll get into regeneration next week. 
And then we'll get into the glorification and all that stuff. But, but he is speaking. What is he speaking? Online, what is he speaking? What you got? What have you heard lately? New sense of his mercy. His compassion. What else? There is joy coming in the morning. What else? His forgiveness. His forgiveness. Yeah. Big. What else? What's that? Let's do, you hear him speaking to you, let's do something. You hear, you hear what your brothers and sisters are saying in Christ is they're actually speaking words that are from your father that literally are life-giving to all of us if we'll listen to them. And actually he does speak through you to speak to me and me speak to me to speak to you and this happens in the body of Christ, right? It's really, it's really like nothing ever when it's working the way it was intended to work. Anybody else? What's that? Time and prayer. Time and prayer. Speaking. Listen. It's grace. It's grace. Hmm. The time is now. The time is now. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you one step further today, and we're gonna pray. I'm asking that this let next week write it down uh, in your Bible, write it down on a piece of paper, type it on your phone, and say, God, I want to hear some more specifics. Joy in the morning, what does that mean? Compassion, what does that mean? Love, grace, what does that mean? God, would you take me a little bit deeper to hear the specifics that you are speaking to me now? And he will. Lord Jesus, your church (laughs) is beautiful. Your church is beautiful. Because Jesus, you are the head of it. And because Jesus, you are the head, we are justified. But, but like Paul says, do we, now that we're justified and we, we're covered and Jesus, you've covered us. And when God, you look at us, you see Jesus, then we can do whatever we want. That's not what your word says. It says that faith without works is dead. So the time is now. Lord, what does that mean? Go to work. What does that mean? And Lord Jesus, I pray that you will ignite our faith, activate our faith in such a way that literally your church will shine bright like in the days of Elijah. That your church will shine bright like in the days of Elijah. And that when we pray, heaven will move. When we seek you, we find you. When we pursue you, you, oh God, hear and answer. And maybe not in our way, maybe not in the time, maybe not in the way, but God, you are at work. And I, I know, God, what I've been hearing is that the church Your church is tired of going through the motions and rendering itself powerless, but wanting to see, God, your fruitfulness, faithfulness, and the things that, God, you have written about through individuals in the Scripture. 
You're wanting to write the chapters and the pages of this day and age for the future generations or until you come back, Jesus. So help us, oh God, to not grow weary, to not just, just, just be okay to just go, well, whatever happens. Oh no, oh God, for you have called each of us in unique pieces to fulfill your plans and purposes. But help us not to turn off our minds. Turn it off to all the busyness. Turn it off to all the distraction. But clear the mechanism, so to speak, so that we can actually hear you. And to you be the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to dive deeper, join Pastor Jason on Tuesday mornings at 1130 for the Truthcast on Instagram Live. And of course, you can access our sermons, devotional series and podcasts, as well as music and lesson videos for children and families right from the New Hope 365 app available in any app store.